North Korea is widely seen as having among the most corrupt governments in the world. Bribery, embezzlement, and other illicit practices are everywhere under the Kim family regime, from the central leadership down to the lowest levels of the bureaucracy. But the North Korean regime has not always been so accepting of corruption. In my new article, The Rise and Fall of Anti-Corruption in North Korea, forthcoming in the Journal of East Asian Studies, I draw on a range of documentary sources to show that founding leader Kim Il-sung saw corruption as a threat to economic development and that he launched campaigns to curb it throughout the 1950s. Evidence suggests that these campaigns were at least somewhat successful and that they, they really contributed to the post-Korean War reconstruction and North Korea's rapid development afterwards. This raises the question of when and why the North Korean regime shifted from combating corruption to embracing it. By tracing the history of North Korea's policies, I argue that the answer has to do with the major crisis that the country experienced in the 1990s when the withdrawal of Soviet aid sent the economy into a tailspin and paved the way for a massive famine. What happened is that changes in the country's economic system following the crisis of the 1990s, especially de facto marketization, made corruption more beneficial to the regime, both as a source of revenue and as an escape valve for public discontent. Whereas in the past, bribery and embezzlement had been detracting from the government's economic plans and the state socialist system, after the 1990s, corruption became more likely to grease the wheels of market activity, which generated profits that the regime could capture. Tolerating corruption in a variety of forms became a financial win-win for the regime and for many individual actors involved, including officials, business people, and ordinary citizens. Corruption also became an escape valve for public discontent because citizens increasingly reliant on market activity for their livelihood suffered from the regime's ideological rules and controls but found that they could get around those rules with bribes. So even though citizens hate, <clears throat> hate paying bribes for everything, the regime's acceptance of corruption probably made organized resistance to its harsh rule less necessary or less likely. Today, under Kim Jong-un, corruption has become institutionalized and the North Korean regime is highly reliant on corrupt practices, including its many illicit money-making ventures abroad. The administration has repeatedly promised to crack down on government wrongdoing, but there's little evidence that any serious attempt is being made to overturn a system that brings in much needed funds and smooths over potential political unrest. What are the takeaways from this study? A perennial question in the study of North Korea is how the regime has endured and remained stable, especially after the systemic crisis of the 1990s. This article's findings suggest that the regime's strategic use of corruption and anti-corruption, first anti-corruption and then corruption, is one of the often overlooked factors that helps explain its durability through crises and challenges. A second takeaway is that the story of how East Asian states, including North Korea, developed rapidly in the mid-20th century often highlights the importance of industrial policy and other state-led action, but generally overlooks the importance of corruption control. If corruption spreads out of control, state-led development plans fall apart, and that's why we see anti-corruption efforts being so central, not only to Kim Il-sung's economic plans, but also to Park Jung-hee's in South Korea a decade later.